Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Have you ever heard of CMV? It's a disease that, if you catch it during pregnancy, can have long-term ramifications for your unborn child. Advocates are calling for more awareness of CMV, saying it's something that all pregnant women should know about, in the same way they know about what foods to avoid while pregnant. Dr. Haley Smithers-Sheedy is a research fellow with the Cerebral Palsy Alliance, and she joins me in the studio. Hello, Haley. How are you? Hello, Siobhan. Lovely to be here. And Pam Rogers, who was 26 weeks pregnant when she found out she had CMV. Hi, Pam. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, let's start with you, Haley, because um, I am just using the acronym. What is CMV? Well, CMV is uh, the full word is cytomegalovirus, which cytomegala is just big cells. Um, that's what the virus is called, cytomegalovirus and CMV. And it's a common herpes virus. It circulates really widely in our community and by about young adulthood, we've all, half of us have been infected with CMV. And we won't know that we've been infected because uh, there are almost no symptoms or only a mild flu-like illness when, when we're infected. Um, so does that mean you catch it like the flu? Yeah, it's a virus. So it circulates. Um, you catch it from uh, saliva, contact with urine, um, blood transfusions, although that's not so common, of course, um, uh, and even through um, breastfeeding. Um, so there's many ways to catch uh, CMV. And most of the time, um, catching CMV, the virus, is, it's no problem at all. It doesn't cause any major um, ramifications for your health if you've got a healthy immune system. It's just in the case of maternal infection that we have more concerns about um, CMV. Okay, so Pam, um, how did you find out that you had CMV? Um, so I was still measuring quite small at a routine um, midwife checkup at around 26 weeks. Um, and so they decided that it needed to be followed up a little more closely. So they sent me up to the hospital and I was monitored over the next two weeks. Um, and it was discovered that baby had an abnormality in their brain and that they were still um, quite small. So further testing, um, fetal MRI, blood tests, everything, um, showed that I, that there was a 98% chance that baby, I had passed CMV on to my baby. Um, they couldn't tell me 100% because they need baby's blood to test to confirm. Um, and, yeah, so they that, that was all of those tests and markers that they did during pregnancy. Um, that picked that, it up. Yeah, that picked it up, yeah. And uh, Hayley was just saying there that, Many of us will have had CMV and not known about it. Were you able to pinpoint when you might have might have caught it? Because, as Haley said, it doesn't matter if you're not pregnant. But obviously, this must have happened whilst you were pregnant. Are you able to look back and say, "Oh, this is when it happened"? Yeah. So I had a week off work at around week fifteen, sixteen of my pregnancy. Um, I was really tired and just a bit run down. Um, and I went to the doctor and she said, um, your job's quite taxing. Um, 
I was travelling a lot with work. Um, she said, your job's quite taxing and growing a human is actually really hard work. So just take a week to just kind of rest and relax a little bit and you'll be fine. And nothing more was thought of it. Um, but, yeah, so, but looking, they were able to look back at bloods that had been taken throughout the early stages of pregnancy um, versus those taken later and they were able to pinpoint that that was around the time that I'd contracted CMV. Um, and it's thought, there's no way to actually tell, but it's thought that I, that it was, it pretty much crossed the placenta straight away. Right. So Hayley, is yeah. it normally quite quick, that crossing over to the placenta? It's a very good question. Um, I'm not absolutely certain on the time that it takes uh, for the virus to pass. Um, we do know that um, the greatest risk for the developing baby is an infection in the first um, half or first third to half of pregnancy um, and that uh, a new infection um, holds the greatest risk um, although any reinfection can also cause um, problems for a developing baby but a new infection for a mother um, in that time uh, has the greatest risk of passing um, the virus on to the uh, developing baby and also for that baby to have um, more likely to have um, uh, difficult outcomes. And we have to remember that most babies that are born with CMV uh, will be perfectly healthy. Um, so if anyone you know, thinks they've been exposed to it, please don't panic out there. Uh, most babies are fine, um, but uh, a proportion of babies will have these really um, quite significant long-term outcomes um, that Pam and her family have experienced um, and um, can even cause stillbirth or neonatal death. So um, it's, an, it's a nasty virus that you try, try to avoid in pregnancy, um, but keep in mind that most babies will be fine. I, I love that you say that because yeah. it's really important when you're speaking to pregnant women that you don't freak them out. And that's what we're trying to educate people. So we will get to the prevention. Um, before we do get there, uh, Pam, how did the CMV virus affect your son, Christopher? So um, at the, as we were doing all of those testing, tests and things, one of the um, tests that they did was a fetal MRI to look at how severely his brain had been affected. And at 31 weeks, they actually offered us termination because the... Um, damage to his brain was so severe um, so basically the virus had attacked around that key point of pregnancy where the brain does all of its major development and movement and um, it had had it has so severely affected his brain that it didn't develop properly so secondary to CMV my beautiful Christopher has been diagnosed with microcephaly which is um, small small brain and head or undergrowth of the brain, um, severe global developmental delays, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, a cortical vision impairment, um, unilateral hearing loss, um, residual constipation and hip dysplasia. Um, so, That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> And Haley, is, is does CMV? You you mentioned that um, some children can be born with CMV and not have these long term health outcomes. What Pam mentioned there is a plethora of um, issues for Christopher. Yeah. It, does it affect each 
baby differently? Yeah, so every year in Australia there'll be around 2,000 babies born with congenital CMV and 400 of those babies will have long-term outcomes and that those outcomes can range from things like uh, most predominantly uh, hearing loss and deafness. Uh, that's a very common outcome of congenital CMV infection, particularly in babies who are symptomatic at birth. Um, but also um, there's a proportion that will go on to have other complications, including, as Pam mentioned, epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and intellectual impairment. And I guess that's why um, Cerebral Palsy Alliance and CMV Australia and um, obstetricians and gynaecologists and researchers um, and the Australian College of Midwives are all getting behind this movement to try and get awareness out there about CMV. So it's obviously serious enough for us all to be um, concerned about it. Let's get to the important bit, prevention. How, um, obviously for Pam, she was at a, a point where in her pregnancy she'd be feeling tired, she was working. Um, all of the symptoms that she felt would have been completely normal for someone and her experience in life uh, and that part of the pregnancy. Um, what are ways that we can prevent the virus in the first place? Mm. So as we know, small children are fantastic at passing um, all sorts of things between themselves and their caregivers um, or people who are looking after them. So this could be anything from you know, gastro to knits or whatever <laughs> thing you might like to mention. But also, um, small children are fantastic at passing this virus between themselves. A virus is passed um, from person to person via um, saliva and urine, the two key um, ways of passing the virus on that we want to really talk to you about today. And um, you can imagine, you know, a toddler picks up a block, sticks it in its mouth, and then that another toddler picks up the same block and pops it in its mouth at kindy or wherever. Um, this happens all the time. And um, so we know that um, toddlers are fantastic at transmitting the virus from one another and also to their caregivers. So for people who have got um, children in their care or um, they might be childcare workers, they are at increased risk of CMV infection. So if you're planning a pregnancy or you're pregnant and you look after young children, the best thing you can do is to be really careful about um, taking proper hygiene precautions around saliva and urine on your day-to-day -day basis. And so, so this hand washing. Yeah. So this is things like just simple things um, and things that will also stop you from getting other bugs um, like colds and flus that are circulating in the community. So um, these these are simple things like uh, washing your hands um, with soap and water after you change nappies. Um, they recommend 15 seconds, but I don't know if we need a song or something to yeah. <laughs> sing while we're washing our hands, but it takes 15 seconds. Um, but washing hands thoroughly with soap and water, um, not sharing um, cutlery and not putting the kid's dummy in your mouth. No um, lip kisses. Oh, well, lip kisses are controversial, of course, because everyone loves a kiss. Um, but um, it doesn't mean that you can't give your toddler a lovely big kiss on the nose or on the cheek or on the head um, and big hugs but probably just trying to avoid that lip-to-lip -lip contact with saliva during the time you're pregnant I mean it's only for a short period of time pregnancy is not for someone's whole childhood it's for a little window um, so um, yes if you can avoid that that's that's fantastic and um, but the main thing I really want to talk about is that hand washing and sharing of cutlery bottles um, 
dummies, etc. Because um, they're all things that can reduce your risk of CMV infection in pregnancy. And they're just the same as things like, you know, we all follow instructions when we're pregnant, like avoiding soft cheese. Um, we don't change the cat litter. We try and avoid salads that um, we're not sure if they've been washed properly, etc. And they're to avoid things like listeriosis and toxoplasmosis, um, which are actually relatively uncommon compared with CMV. So if we can put the same uh, care that we do around these simple hygiene precautions, um, particularly if you've got kids at home or if you're a childcare worker, um, then we're going to reduce our risk of CMV infection in pregnancy. And this has been backed up now by um, RANSCOG, which is the Royal Australian New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, um, who have put out a guideline saying women should be told about CMV and they should be told about these simple precautions. So it's something we can all do easily in pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Pam, how old is Christopher now and how's he going? Christopher's now five. Um, he started um, kindergarten at a specialist school here in Canberra this year. So he now attends kindergarten with all of his other friends. And um, yeah, he's he's doing really well. So it's obviously not without its challenges, but um, he, looks, he, he looks like a beautiful boy, Pam. He's such a superstar, and we're on board, like we're on bonus time with him because we were told that sorry we wouldn't get a boy, mm. and um, so he's now five, and I get to kiss him goodnight every night, and um, so we just live life to the to our fullest, and we want we want his life to be lived to its highest quality and to its best ability and we we don't want any regrets. Um, we don't want to have any regrets when he decides to leave us. So we just live each day to the best that we can um, and provide him with the highest quality of life that we can and um, I think we do that well. It sounds like do you do, well. Pam. It yeah. sounds like you do. Well, He's an amazing big brother and... Um, <laughs> And, yeah, he's just divine. He just brings joy to absolutely everybody. <laughs> and, Pam, this yeah. is Hayley. I just wanted to say, um, you know, how in awe we are of you and all the families from CMV Australia who are um, doing this amazing job in helping getting the message out about CMV because we know that most women have never heard of it. And um, you're, you and Christopher are really making your family's story count. So I just want to say thank you very much for that. Thank you, Haley. And thanks for Thank talking you. with us, Pam. No worries. Anytime. Okay. Have a beautiful um, day and um, thank you both for talking to us about this. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Pam. That was Pam Rogers who discovered she had CMV at 26 weeks and Dr. Haley Smithers-Sheedy from the Cerebral Palsy Alliance. She's a research fellow there. We'll put links to more information about CMV and those instructions that Haley gave us about how you might avoid it. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.